Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays, and how in the hell are you as we get this legend of epic proportions that is growing as Blue Jays fans and um, all our fandom and new cult hero? But we're going to get to that in a few minutes. Fellas, how are we doing? Jason Lyons and Ken Alfred, what's up? Doing all, doing all right. I mean, the weather is getting rainy uh, here, but aside from that, it's a long weekend here in Toronto or Ontario, I believe. So, yeah, glad to be here. It's about the same on the flip side of the pond here on Lake Ontario, too. Just saying. It's very crappy. <laughs> nice and cool, though. It's getting there. It definitely beats the heat wave, though, over the last few weeks. Yeah. And I think Jason is having fun with his headphones. Yeah. All good. All good. None of it works. It's fabulous. I love it. Nothing but awesome. <laughs> um, well, it, it's, again, you know, it was a great, unbelievable week in Jadom. And... um you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful here. And so I, my complaint level is seriously low because I feel like very few people are listening. Um, you know, weather's great. Jays are playing well. I mean, what are they going to listen to me complain about? Right. Nothing. Monkeys don't cramp. (laughs) (laughs) So let's pick it up right back where we left off last week. We were talking about trade deadline. There was rumors that the blue Jays might do something significant before we, you know, a week ago, which was 24 hours before the trade deadline, basically. I will, we were hearing all this rumblings, and nothing really ended up coming to fruition. So the only thing that ended up being, you know, on top of the Jordan Hicks trade, we apparently are just like uh, Jason put out on our Instagram. We are Cardinals North now, and so we get acquired three gentlemen from for their, their services. The Blue Jays end up getting a piece that is very, you know, reactive to the current situation that they have for Boba Shett and his injury. And grabbing another talented veteran that has played in the playoffs and Paul the Young. And guys, this was actually a really sneaky move. Has he been playing that well in the whole week that we've seen? Nobody's playing good defense. But the fact this is a veteran that now is a good person to be putting on that bench regardless and a veteran. Yeah, I feel like there's a ton of a ton of pluses with Paul de Young. I feel like he does everything that sort of, you know, that that we're going to ask of him. He's going to play D he can play short. He can play two. Um, I think he got a couple of hits over the weekend, didn't he? Or one or two. Is I mean, he's got to adjust to it. 
Yeah. Ten, I it's believe. It's not legendary proportion yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you've got to adjust to a new clubhouse. And I mean, he has a couple of friendly faces with other Cardinals there, which is probably a lot easier than most. Um, but I mean, he looks solid. I think he probably needs a couple of games at home. I always feel like that's, you know, sort of the the equator is is getting those games in at home. Whereas the flip side of which I think has been the positive for the other anomaly that we'll speak of later. Fewer anomaly in that backer. Ken, have you seen play from uh, Mr. Dion over the weekend? Nothing that's nothing that I've seen yet, but I'm just saying like, you know what? We got him for his defense, right? We, did we actually get him for his offense as well, or was it just to cover a whole Not thing? really. This is the best probably buy low candidate you get at shortstop that you're not going to be, you know, writing home about. But there is a chance that, you know, he's a he's a rental at this point. You know, they didn't have to give up a ton for him. He's not screaming, you know, amazing player, but he does have 13 home runs and 32 RBIs. So that is above replacement for, you know, that basically what this equates to. They didn't know if, Trucking Santiago Espinal out at shortstop every day was the win, or bringing in somebody like Paul DeYoung. I think in the midst of a pennant race, Paul DeYoung screams perfect, regardless of yeah. the level of contribution we're getting at this point. And just so I understand too, like so, he came from the National League, he came from the Cardinals, and when as soon as they bring in from someone from the National League to the American League, their stats kind of don't disappear, right? Do they? Because I'm just trying to look up some of the stuff here on the, you know. Baseballreference.com, and it's like he's only had five games in twenty events. I'm like, should be showing you, right? Like, they don't uh, they don't wipe it out just because you're going to a different, uh, you know. They <laughs> usually right? take those two things and merge them together. But yeah, show that's what I thought. So with this team and time with that team, but at point there were some weird things that they used to do on ESPN back in the day. Like it looked like the, the, the season started over. It's like, well, well, no, it didn't. It just season a new team. It's not a big deal, you know. But to that point, like I said, I think he's a win. You know, like I said, he's won with the Cardinals. That is all I can say. So worst case scenario, you have another guy like Kiermaier that's been in this locker room and, you know, has what do we do when things get hard? You know, I the think veteran presence, the veteran presence. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, and he's not, I mean, he's not a super vet or anything like, I mean, he's a little younger than Kiermaier, I think. Yeah. 29. And yeah. it's, I think the biggest thing is, 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 and can we all agree that the Kiermaier thing was a little bit dramatic? Like I know it was 11-1. But Whit Merrifield was care. I thought he was going to pick him up and run him off the field, like you know, in some sort oh of. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> he had a little gash on his elbow. Like, come on! Um, and is is he actually injured? Just the gash, and yeah, he's, well, he's, 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 got, go. he's got stitches. Okay. He threw the ball to one. Merely a no, flesh wound. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a flesh <laughs> wound. I think the the big thing with Young, um, you know, and and especially looking, you know, because. Bichette's probably out, I would say, at least safely another two weeks. But that would be my safe Correct. assessment. They want to let him get healthy, like full healthy, before they bring him back in. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of questions about who then takes over the said positions. Um, I mean, Espinal looked a bit like a fish out of water when they took Chapman out and put him at three. And he made that one play, but you could see that he definitely checked himself. Like he wasn't hundred percent sure about was up the play or not <laughs> worried, you know, if he had a good grip on the ball. And and so it's one of those things where where I think Espy and I think Biggio both sort of checked themselves out of the the lineups, unfortunately. Um we have the There's benefit- more reasons we're gonna talk about on that too. Yeah. <laughs> we have the benefit of Maryfield who can play everywhere. And I mean I feel like DeYoung is a really, really, really... He's going to be a super... Mark my words. In September, we're going to be talking about how important Paul DeYoung has been to the Jays 
minus this. I mean, we won't even be talking about this series. Other than was he the one that went off the last uh, playoff appearance for the Cardinals and basically got them to the World at Series? At the start, yeah. At the start, yes. he was like just otherworldly. Yes. And he can do that. He's a slap hitter. He hits the ball hard. He can find he can find the seats when he needs to. Um, he's fast enough. He's very Kevin Kiermeyer, like very yeah. in just different position player. Yep. So, but point very intriguing. So now let's talk about the clear elephant in the room. I mean, the legend in the room. I mean, the <laughs> myth or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so, if you've been living under a rock for the last three four days then you are not paying attention to Blue Jay fandom at all. And I'm glad that we get to help you get there. <laughs> so, Davis Schneider has been a perennial home run hitter for the, the Buffalo Bisons this, this uh, season. And he earned himself a call-up, finally, to start this Boston Red Sox series. And guys, literally legendary, epic proportions. He is the first major league baseball player in history to go for his first three games, have nine hits and two home runs. Wow. It's the whole, I mean, <laughs> I, I watched it all weekend. I watched all three games and I, just the whole thing. It's like somebody is testing out a movie screenplay and they keep trying to, to you know, kick a different part of it down the, down the, the, the line to see if people actually believe it. Um, and it's to me, it's so unreal. And I think the biggest thing is, and, and people out there have to understand this. John Schneider said this so succinctly. He said that he did not make one single change from the dude that was in Buffalo the week prior to the dude that went up to the Jays and played against the Red Sox. Now, one change. And what that meant for him was he could be himself. He, he, could, he could play his game and he could be successful. It, it, too many times. Players get called up, and I think we can all understand it. You, you know, you you want to do what he did. You want to hit a home run in your first AB, and you want to go. What is he? Eight for eleven, or eight for twelve, or nine for? Who cares? It's nine to thirteen. Nine yeah. to 13. You, you, you want half of that. You don't want to even be anywhere near that. Half of that, you'd be ecstatic. In fact, right. probably if you just hit a home run for your first AB, and then you know maybe had two more hits for two more weeks, you'd be okay. But the thing for me is. And you see this a lot when when people advance upwards, especially in sport, they they try to become someone they are no longer, and it, it's what you were that got you there. And baseball is one of those sports where you can stay true to that and probably be more successful than in any other other sport. There's a lot of times where a goal scorer will be pulled up in hockey, and the coach says to him, "Hey, man, I got to fight you on the fourth line. It's my only option. We want you to we want you to play." You're going to be on the fourth line, so you're going to be checking a ton. You're only going to get four to six minutes a game, but we still expect you to score. And you're like, sorry, what did you just say? Like, I'm playing, you know, 40 minutes a game for the team I'm playing for, and I'm yep. getting a goal, maybe. I'm a good player, but I need the ice. I need the space. You're asking a guy to come up and play six minutes, or in the case of a lot of people that get called up to the majors, play one or two spot innings where they're dropped in as a, uh, as a designated hitter or a, a pinch Whatever runner. Whatever it might be, right? <laughs> for, this guy, for this guy to take this position and the opportunity as extremely as he did is so phenomenal. And my hope is that he can stay and stay hot 
And then when they need to get rid of him, it becomes, uh, you know, he can go back down and he'll have stories to tell forever. Or, I mean, maybe we've caught lightning in a bottle here and he stays the whole time. And you have an unbelievable DH that can play everything on the left, you know, from two to from two to three. I think he can play every position for you there if you need Bichette to have a day off or Schneider to have a day or sorry, um, uh, um, Chapman to have a day off or you know, whatever. I mean, at this point right now, I feel it's impossible for you to send him down. I don't care. He's listed as a, yeah, he's listed as a second, third and left fielder. And we're fine. He's actually starting in the leadoff spot tonight and in left field because they're finally getting what Maryfield today. Wow. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's a Cinderella story that, that, I mean, like I said, it's like, it's like, you know, John Cameron or one of these guys was testing out a baseball screenplay and someone was like, well, we got a dude. Well, let's just try it and we'll see if all this weird shit works. Like, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about his glove. I'm sure we're going to talk about his mustache. I'm sure we're going to talk about you love know, the stash. shenanigans with the Canadians. Like, my favorite part is, is when you pull up his baseball IMDb, the picture of it is him with the Vancouver Canadians. They don't even have Man, enough- gone that far. Picture footage of this dude to have him. He's in a bison's one for just a for one of them. Yeah. But like everything else is him with the C's two years ago. Like it's, it's unreal to me, but so cool. So cool. So the reason you earn a call up though, if you're wondering how we got here, 87 games of the bison's this year, he's been 275 with 21 doubles, 21 home runs, and 64 RBIs. And he also stole nine bags. So clearly, tons of thunder in this bat for a guy that's only five nine so he's the same height as me i thought that was crazy and wild when i heard that he's 24 years old and he was the 28th round for the blue jays in 2017 so this is a round that no longer exists in the major league baseball yes. draft. so this is the fact that he's gotten to where he's gotten to and the the cooler thing I thought is is that more or less it sounded like, and I'm sure you guys heard this in the broadcast, a couple of his coaches actually had to con him into keep going recently. Yeah. This is within really? the last few years, saying, No, you got this. Just keep going. Please keep going. <laughs> and obviously it's finally hit all cylinders and He's I'm going to tell you guys another one, uh, and I know this because I know someone that's close to the organization. Do you know who almost gave up two years ago as well? Is Ellie De La Cruz. So he was that, that close to quitting baseball. Like within oh, no. his stuff was packed. He was like, I, I'm not going to make this. I'm still young. I can go mm-hmm. back home. I can still do stuff. And they were like, look, man, you are still young. Keep, keep oh, pushing, on. keep grinding, keep running. That's why, if you've ever seen the video where he's in the airport, that's why they did it at the airport. Because that's where, no. he, where he claims to have said to his coach a couple of years ago, I'm going to quit. So he was like, I hope you have all your stuff to go home, Ellie. That's the joke, right? Because you're going to the majors. So, I mean, it's, yep. I feel like, you know. That was great. I, did, I didn't know that part of the story. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I've known a handful of guys that, have, that have, have made it. And, I mean, it's such a grind. And it's such an unbelievable thing. And I feel like a lot of times we take stuff like this for granted where, you know, like talk about any youth sport where, there's so much pressure on these kids at, at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 to do all this stuff and, and, you know, make academies and make, you know, this team and that team and all the rest of it. And I, I'm probably as guilty as the next person is, uh, you know, as to trying to achieve those things. But, you know, it's, it's interesting when you, when you see a guy like this. And again, I mean, 
we've seen many Davis Schneiders in the past. Guys have come up and, you know, exploded. But it's for me, it's it's always interesting when someone can can last it out and actually make a career out of it. Like, I mean, didn't Chris Colbello do similar to this, like where he'd been oh, floating around yeah. in Netherland and came back and they were like, where has this guy been? And as soon as yeah. they gave him a break, they, you know, they, uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing to me. To that point, I know the Chris Colabello story all too well because he was back and forth here between the Twins and Rochester, New York, the whole time. So, but yeah, but to that point, regardless of what's going on, the Blue Jays were looking for a little bit of a catalyst, a reason to really rally up, and they got a guy that came into that locker room and really, in a bad situation, they hadn't won a game at all to the Rochester to the the Boston Red Sox at all this season. They're going into Fenway Park, which is always a freaking, you know, terrible terrors and whatnot. And this guy helps light the fire that turned into a sweep this past week. They and were dominant. At no correct. point did the Red Sox look like they were in any game in this series. And they looked beat up and they looked downtrodden. And I mean, that's really good for the Jays right now. I mean, for yes. anything that that any hope that the Red Sox had to sort of you know, make a push or anything like that. I mean, this is such a kick in the shins for them. They were, I know they were hoping to at least pocket one of these games, possibly two. Then they go into a really nice soft two weeks in their, you know, in their schedule. And then their schedule gets equally as hard as the Jays done does after that. So they really needed to make some hay and really needed to make sure that they, they won one or two. They didn't do either. I mean, it's been nice also to watch the Astros and the, the, the Yankees kick the shit out of each other. I mean, that's always fun. Um, <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> and, and, you know, Anaheim sucks now. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting. The trade show. Just, yeah. I mean, did you guys see the, the stat? They're 0-6 since the trade deadline. They've scored oh three runs in five, in five games. It's, it's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Embarrassing is a really nice way to say it. Um, yeah. It, it's and there's other teams that are just completely on fuego right now. Like, I mean, the, the Rays really, really starting to look like it's going to be the Rays and the Jays, you know, battling it out at the end. And it's going to be, you know, at the end of the AL and it's going to be a war. Um, I mean, Baltimore is great and Baltimore is going to be there, but they, I just don't think they've got the, the stones. I just don't think they've got the guts at this point. You know, when, when those young kids start seeing some adversity in September, naturally they're going to start to come apart a little bit. I mean, watch any of your yep. classic teams, watch the old, you know, the old, ironically an orange team as well. The San Francisco giants when Posey yep. and, and uh, Barry Zito and all these guys were coming up. Bumgarner was just getting started. Same with, with yep. they were unbelievable. One of the most skilled teams of the past 10 years, maybe 15 years. And they could never get over the hump. They were they were excellent during the regular season. They just couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, what did they win? Three, three and five, or two and five, or something? Just look at your Blue Jay fandom. That's the drive for eighty-five. All day. yeah, I know. <laughs> so, as far as that one goes, uh, Blue Jays fans, are younger listening to the show, I don't know that that was the first relevancy of the team that we have. Blue Jays make the playoffs and. You know, Bobby Cox get, leads us the direction, and then they couldn't take it any further than that. So, and then what was it? Was it 91 that we were in the same situation last day yeah, of the I think, season? I think, I think it was 91, yeah. Like, we were really close. 
I had an interesting question, and I don't know the answer to this question. I was going to gaggle it, uh, and I didn't get a chance to. I uh, was out in the sunshine today enjoying, uh, what is it up here? Is it Victoria Day or something? Some, some, some holiday. holiday. Yeah, yeah you guys tell it, Maybe Family Day or something. Uh, who cares? It was a day off, yeah. regardless. Exactly. Um, but someone made a point to me, Dan Einhorn, very good friend of the show, listens every, you know, usually live, but I know he's down where I just came from, so he's not listening live, obviously. Um, but uh, he asked, at what point do these guys, because um, I know like in hockey, guys have two-way contracts, but a lot of guys that are in the minors don't have two-way deals. They just have a one-way deal. So does a guy like Davis um, have, a, um, or, or do you, when you play 10 games, do you revert over to a major league salary and do they have to renegotiate or does anyone know? Ooh, good question. I think he gets automatically the, uh, my, the major league minimum at some point, whatever that is. So he I don't makes know whatever if that's he ma- the day he signs the contract to come up or if it's like you said, some kind of a weighted, I don't know the particulars, but that happens automatically somehow. I just don't know what the trigger is. Okay, well, shout out to Dan because that was a really good question. And I have no, I had no idea what the answer was. And shout out to his son Max. Max is a two-time provincial uh, qualifier this year for two different sports, and so he's he's going to try and win a, a provincials. We lost the provincials for baseball, but he's going to try and win a provincials for swimming. So I promised I would mention him. So they, they listen to it in the car. So there you go, Max. Yep. I'm glad to have him listening, and that was a really good question as far as that kind of thing goes. But I'm pretty, I'm very confident that that's what it was. I just don't know what the trigger is. Is if it's yeah, a, me X either. Many games or five games, what it games, is, certain amount of so, innings. Because the key word is they purchased the contract from minor leagues, right? So right. that's and that, and that's what also rolls in all the options and all that kind of. Because I remember that, back how they pass the them back and forth. Yeah, in the NHL, you even had minor league teams where guys who weren't property of that team could play for them because the contract didn't necessarily mean anything. So if you were property of the Penguins, you could play for the Maple Leafs minor league team and you would get called up and you would just leave and the Penguins were paying your salary and all of that. But I know they changed that and made it so you couldn't do that anymore. And you know they helped so that when the um, minor league NHL or moved up, you immediately from day one make your nhl salary so they're all on two-way deals if they're at the top level yeah the only thing i'm finding in a quick google search and even the ai fund that apparently google has now i didn't know that (laughs) um it's only calling out what levels make what things it doesn't say how you convert from one i'm sure some brilliant person that you know that cast this will send us an answer in i hope if you're listening, you know the answer. Put it in the chat. Yeah. I, I was, but I, I, but to that point, it's all good. So yeah, apparently, Mac, apparently, SportTrack.com. Apparently, it's a uh, Schneider has a two-way contract. Currently, currently, I think everyone in them with the Bisons might have a two-way deal. I think that's maybe a new. I know when they did it in the NHL, they made it mandatory just to protect the kids. You know, like if he was to come up game one and blow it as ACL. I mean. He's got to be protected for part of that. So even if he just made his major league salary for a week or so while he was up there, it'd probably be almost as much as he'd make in the minors. Yeah. It just says like it's in, the current conversion over gives you $700,000 being converted to a major league contract is the only number I can really find. But like I said, it doesn't say what the kick into that is. It says the typical minor league triple A player makes a five, 600,000 depending on their contract and, Things like that, but doesn't get into anything else. Yeah, and sorry, guys, so, what is the difference between a one way and a two way? Just so I understand. So 
uh, pick any player on the Jays right now, except for maybe, I mean, maybe Espinal, maybe Vigio, maybe some of the fringe guys might have a two-way deal. So what happens was if I get sent down, my second way of my deal kicks in. So I make $3 million a year as an MLB player. I make 675000 as a minor leaker. So if I get right. sent down, the second I get sent down, I start making six seventy five. The second I get moved back up, I go back up to three mil. Correct. So oh, a guy like and I want to say that. Yeah, go ahead. You might have a handful of dudes. Probably not even. I mean, I wouldn't think on a major league roster you would have even more than maybe one pitcher and maybe one player that's on a two-way but that would normally be a guy who'd been brought up like your regular roster i don't think it'd be any two ways at that point um it's the same with the nhl like you see a guy who gets called up early in the year and he's on a two-way his nhl kicks contract kicks in for a certain amount of time and then once that time passes so let's say he's up for a month i think or whatever it is he then makes his nhl salary for the rest of the year doesn't matter if he goes back down or not yeah, apparently there's seven J's according to, like I said, sportstrack.com of seven Which J's. Which is one of the better ones. Yeah, <laughs> and so eight J's that might actually have two ways. We have Maryfield, Varsho, Jay Jackson, Kirk, Manoa. Really? Genesis, Bowden Francis, and of course, David Schneider. Hmm. Which makes sense. Those are the guys that haven't signed a full major league contract. Like, you know, even yeah. Vladdy with his, um, those signings, I'm sure that he's even though he's only done the one years so far from the arbitration process. It, wouldn't, it doesn't shock me at the rate he's at. He threw that into that one-year signing deal. You know what I mean? I'm making that. <laughs> Regardless of what happens, it's probably what's going on. And obviously, Bo Bichette just signed the big wheel, the big deal to get to the, his arbitration years out. So that would make sense. So, hmm. yep. Good deal. So should we talk about weirdisms with David Schneider before we move on to two much other fun here? <laughs> yes, what so, is these things? You guys are telling me before the show started, there's some something unique about Schneider, aside from his awesome hitting. So, so now that we things. have him as a cult phenomenon in Blue Jays baseball, he is the current day Minoru Kawasaki for this team at the moment. It's <laughs> yeah. so, outside of the awesome mustache and the, the cool specs. Jason, I, I know you're foaming at the mouth to tell this one, so I'm going to let you tell well, it. The- the mu- I don't know about the specs. I know the mustache one was a challenge. He, um, I guess he looks very young, and he was ch- he was challenged many times because he was getting ID'd and stuff. And mm. so he was like, "Screw this! I'm I'm growing a mustache." And so when he was with the C's, he didn't have it. But if you go back and look at the pictures of him with the Canadians or even younger, or just minus the mustache off his face, he looks like he's about eighteen. Like you can tell he's a man, but he looks like a very young because and he's, he's little built. too. Like he's five eight, isn't he? Or five nine? Five nine. Yeah. I mean, he, he you know, he's he's a little dude. And so they were making fun of him a bit. And so he grew the stash. Um, and I do you want to do the glove or me? I mean, the glove could be my favorite thing of the, the whole entire the glove is probably the coolest thing out of the whole planet. And um, so the detail is that he more or less found it in a you know, basically well, a lost and found. Well, he right? was, no, he was, or what, he was training. He was training yep. at this facility and he put his glove down and he was doing his workouts and doing stuff like that. And somebody walked away with it. And it was probably yep. a, a, you know, a really nice $400 heart of the hide or a 2000 or a two K or something yep. like that. And he was like, Oh, well, whatever. And he walked over and there was a lost and found. And he was like, no, that one will do. And he just grabbed it. And 
this is no joke. And he walked out of the place. And I mean, this Mizuno glove that he's using, I would say at the minimum, it's 10 years old. And I think I'm being generous to Mizuno on that. I, it might be it looks like the one I had when I was in Little League. Yeah. Just and it's Sorry. got it's got the initials VUK on it written written in marker here on the thumb. I sent you a picture out. of it, Craig. It's in the it's in the, yep. uh, in the I'll post like, the picture so the viewers can see this. So sorry, hold on. He is way, he's using a 10-year-old glove that he Maybe found in the lost and found. Yeah. Right now. Right now. Yes. As a major league baseball player who could have any Bidding. custom glove, any uh, probably any amount of them, you know, he and it's it, it kind of reminds me of Troy Tulowitzki, who he did this, you know, thing. he had had his same glove since he was 13 years old. He had it restrung like like 50 times. And then all of a sudden when he was playing for the Jays, it finally blew up for what it couldn't stay together anymore. They, they, they couldn't even mend the thing. It had too many it had come apart in too many ways. And so he switched to another glove and immediately his play declined. Like, I mean, it was, it was like night and day and he'd been using this backup glove in practice. And I mean, he'd had this backup glove for two or three years, but he'd had his other glove for 12 years. And there you, you know, know. It's, yeah. Oh so, man, <laughs> look at th that! Is the most dusty glove you're ever going to see a major Holy league. Crap. Like, I mean, it's crazy. And then when they were talking about it, I saw. Did you see when he was on second with Verdugo and Verdugo grabbed, grabbed the glove <laughs> and he was like flapping it back and forth in his hand? And I'm like, that's so much fun. Like, just think about the dudes that he got to meet. He got to play at Fenway. Like, it's. I mean. You could have played at any ballpark in, in the majors. And aside from like Wrigley and I don't know what, Yankee? I mean, you, you start your yeah. MLB career at Fenway by hitting a home run. And, you know, like he's talking to all the, the Red Sox and they're, they're obviously they know what's going on. It's not like it's not lost on them that this guy's played three games and is just destroying everything. And it's just, I mean, it's so cool. And I, I'm hoping that they can figure out who this VUK is because that would be quite a topper to the end of this story. Oh. I'm surprised VUK hasn't even, they haven't even like complained it. Yeah. Can you imagine the original owner trying to get that glove back? I mean, it left it and lost it found. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luck. yeah. Yeah. It's, at this point, you know, it's what um, here in the States, possession is like nine tenths of the law. Yeah. yeah. Holding on to it. Maybe and imagine that that was a fan's glove. Not even a pro glove. Let's say it's a fan's glove that just happened it's to drop. It's not a pro yourself. glove. It's yeah. not a pro glove. It's a professional model. Yeah, it, it's, it's a professional like, on the picture. It's, it's like it right an eighty-dollar <laughs> glove, eighty dollars tops. Like I'll bet you that when Mizuno was new, it was yeah eighty bucks. And a heart of the hide or a a, a forty-four or a, um, an A two K is five hundred. So I think I can literally go out to my garage right now and find my one that I had like yeah. this. That was a Ray Ardonia's model. So if you're a oh. Mets fan and know who Ray Ardonia's is, he played for probably uh, five seasons and won two gold gloves, but he couldn't do anything else. <laughs> but um, at point, I just I just love this kind of stuff because for all I know, this is first off, it shows the content of his character, and you can tell in his interviews he is the most humble guy on the planet, and just thankful to be there on the field all day, every day. I think this kind of 
thing only speaks more to that volume of that. Whole so, thing. hey, the fact that he's like, I can go out here and do this. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. with this it's not even a problem to me and i'm happy so i just found this out while i was farting around talking there so this glove is the a glove that belonged to the late phillies head coach uh john vukovic like this story gets better there's been more digging single every single second um so they've just you know they've they've been digging into this obviously um since they saw all this stuff so the the Mm. john vukovic was the um, he was a utility infielder and manager and coach in the MLB, um, best known for his time with the Phillies. He played from seventy to seventy one, coached from nineteen eighty eight to two thousand four. In an interesting turn of events, Vukovic's son Vince used to be Toronto manager's John Schneider's roommate oh and teammate at Delaware. <laughs> I, I I wish I was making this stuff up. I'm not. Couldn't write that. I know you can't make that up. This is six it's degrees from Kevin Bacon we, shit. It's, <laughs> it's Ricky Vaughn coming out of this and coming out of center field. It's unbelievable. Oh, man. So I got to give credit tidbit. to, Good reporting. Give credit to uh, who wrote that one. Uh, Isabel Gonzalez. Uh, she's great if you, if you don't ever read. Uh, she's very good. A very good reporter for MLB and for the Jays. Um yeah, if you're a fan of Hazel May, like all Blue Jays fans are, you would love her stuff too. Yeah, she she's is a great, great investigative um, baseball reporter. So it's it's just it's crazy. Like I mean, it's it's literally, and now it's like all over. It's all over everywhere, and and it's just, just people are getting blown up. Uh, it's like full on detective was, level crazy. Holy shnikes! Snyder <laughs> was drafted 849th overall. Yeah. I don't, no. I don't, just to be this person, I don't think Batman tracks that down as the best, cra- no, the world's greatest no. detective. I'm just saying, I don't think it happens. No. <laughs> well, that's no. sometimes the interwebs uh, does good things, mostly bad things. This was a good thing. That was a good one. Well, there you go. That is a good Here's story. Now, sorry, guys, a question about Davis Snare. So, do you think that we're like the media is going to have put on like extra pressure on him? Like, what, what is, what, in your opinion, what should we be expecting? 
Schneider. Do we think he can last the season, or do you think we can? He's going to last a few months. What, do you, what kind of contribution? Because obviously, as much as I would love for him to keep producing the way he's been doing for these last three games, you probably know that's not going to be you know like that for all the time while he's up here. So, what, what's your general expectations of what he's going to contribute to the Jays this season? Gregor, what do you think, buddy? He's going to make it difficult for Biggio or Espinal to stick around. I think. I really do. Yeah, I really do. Because too. at the end of the day, he's a thorn in the sides right now, and he's the hot hand, the biggest thing at a minimum. This guy's goofing around or whatever that you call it here. All of a sudden, has brought a little catalyst to the team. Do you take that away? Probably not. And if if you do, it's going to take an epic downturn. Even if he falls down, Ken, to where his minor league numbers are, he is still producing more than Biggio, yeah. more than and- Espinal. So. I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but I feel like one of the biggest catalysts of this whole weekend was how much better did Craig Biggio look in game three than he did after game one? Do you know why that is? Fear. <laughs> Fear is heavy. I was going to say, Biggio was actually doing really good this season. And Aspinall. This the series. And I was like, oh, wow. Aspinall, I mean, he to me right now, he doesn't look like he gives much of a crap. And... You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, like like going up against that position player the other night and, you know, Espinal's fanning at 42 mile an hour EFIS pitches. And yeah. and what does Schneider do? He goes up in there. He says, I don't care if you're a kid coming out of the crowd or the best pitcher that the Red Sox have. I'm going to hit you. If you throw it in the zone, I'm going to hit you. And, yep. you know, it's it was you watch George Springer's at bat as well. And I I. I actually, it actually bothered me quite a bit when that one call strike happened and George is sort of shaking his head. I'm like, you know what, dude? That thing's coming in like somebody underhanded it to you. Just smash it off the wall and move along to the next dude. You know, like, like I don't know. Player pitching, it, it's always something that that's bothered me. Um, I know that the players don't want to show up the dude on the mound, but they also don't want to get struck out, so they swing at junk and... You know, it's all almost always a one, two, three inning. And uh, I was really proud of Schneider to stick in there and smash that ball into the outfield and take his base knock and, and you know, hustle it out and the whole thing. I mean, he's yeah. he's everything you want. He's a buzzsaw. And, I mean, yeah. he's Randy Rosarena without the, the athletic talent to the top end. But he really is. Like, I mean, he hits the ball every time it comes near him. He makes plays at two every time the ball comes near him. He's fast enough. Um where Randy is very fast, but Randy Rosarena would run through the dugout wall for the Rays, and I feel like Schneider would do the same thing. And sometimes that's the dude you need. You need the pit bull. You need the you know the the three legged dog. You need the you know whatever it He's is. He's going to leave it all out on the field and do yeah. what he can. I, and, I, and honestly, I think right now that's been the uh, a little bit of the attitude the Blue Jays have been short on. I do have one other stat that I have to share with you on. Schneider, though, that I'm thinking is going to get a good kick out of everybody here. So he has the best uh, facial hair to glasses ratio since Rand Smolenix. <laughs> so they sure made a lot of comparisons with uh, with him and then with Molitor, um, you know, over the, the couple of days. And I mean, yep. if you're if you're if you're Davis Schneider and, and they're comparing you to those two dudes, like, I mean, I know it's a small sample scale and you know, he right. may go down next week and we never may, maybe never hear the words Davis and Schneider together in the same sentence again. But, you know, it's one of those things where 
he can forever and not every player who makes it has a, a story like this where they can say, Hey, you know, remember this, remember when I was the, I was the best in the league for, for, you know, for three for days weeks. or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so good for him. So just to be this person, because I have to share a little bit here of the, you know, the fact that I made a Rance Mullenix joke in the Blue Jays fans that are out in the world only know so much of Rance Mullenix these days. So everybody's seen what Davis Schneider has. Yeah, I know. I know everybody on this show does, but I got to share a little bit here. Just saying, just the perfect mustache. And it's just got, he's got the, like, um, the new Rex specs instead of the, uh, you know, Wonderful eighties aviators. So I just, like I said, I saw, I thought that popped into my head when I saw him the first time with the mu- the mustache and Buffalo, and I'm like, I hope he gets up so I can make that joke. Yeah, <laughs> I remember so Rance Mullenix getting like an inside the park home run at the Skydome. That was my my only memory of Rance Mullenix, aside from having not even know how to pronounce his last name. You know, so Did some um, announcing for the Blue Jays for a while there too was he a very threw me key a ball at a Jays game. Perfect. Really, <laughs> old Rance did. Yeah. Wow, a solid guy. Himself. I always had a weird affinity for. I had a weird affinity for him and for Garth Orge. Both oh, of those. God, dudes. Garth Orge. Wiggling <laughs> bat. And... Yep. Uh, Garth Orge so. is a reoccurring character on um, our our friends podcast, the Walk Off Podcast. Just saying. Oh, really? Like he's actually on it? No, I think he's... Yeah, he's uh, actually he's on it. Become a little bit of a. He's become a little bit of a Twitter uh, goof around person over the last few years. So he's oh. been hanging out with Blue Jays Twitter and goofing around. So this, you know, lovely group of shenanigans people that we get hang out with. It's so, awesome. So, so guys, before we get off of uh, David Schneider, like, what what do you think caused his success for these last three games? Is it just, do you think that there was really like no opposition scouting on him when they put him when they had him at bat and the pitchers just didn't know how to pitch to him, or what did you think? I just think he's got a really true swing that puts his bat through the strike zone for a long time and. The biggest thing, and and you know, is is don't change. Like he's been having success at the minor league level. He's probably had sex, success his whole career hitting the ball hard. It, it, it's he's Bad not luck. trying to he's not trying to overswing. <laughs> like like look at Jose Altuve. Ho, Jose Altuve in the entire time I've watched that dude play baseball, I've never seen him go at a ball full ball. Like he he he's smooth. He's true to his mechanics, and that's exactly what David Schneider is. He's true to his mechanics. He knows his good parts. He knows where the pitch he wants to hit is. And that's a big difference. He didn't chase a single pitch that I saw when he got hit by that pitch. You know, that's where he wants to be in the batter's box. And he's not going to move out of there for you. He'll take that ball off the hand. He'll take it off the wrist. But he knows where he wants the pitch. And I feel like he's got... As far as being a gamer like he is, too. Yeah, I feel like he's he's got enough crazy in him, too. He's crazy enough to say, you know, if he was to strike out, and go back in and sh- and the coach Snyder say, you know, what were you thinking? He's like, well, wasn't my pitch. Now, like, just looking square in the face right now. Like, so we'll I'm, I'm not looking happens. for that pitch right now. Skip. Nope. So I I can't tell. Nope. No, he will be coming in the dish right now as we uh, chit chat here because uh, Paul DeYoung just once again struck out. <laughs> so it oh, is. Like, it's not young. Um, so yeah. So I don't have the game on, but I have the game day thing going on I'm on the other part of the screen here. So now that you anyways. I'm going to rotate. I'm going to rotate. Yeah, just make sure the sound's off. (laughs) Sound's off. We don't need any copyright infringements like we got on our one YouTube thing for no freaking reason. Thank you, asshole guy. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I quoted everything. One and a half. Got one ball. 
This guy's dancing all around him here. Fear, fear God in his eyes. There it is. So, but in the midst of this whole thing, guys, I do want to talk that we did have a, I'm going to call it a successful week last week. Yes, we were only scraping one away from the Baltimore Orioles, but we looked pretty damn bad for that series against the Baltimore Orioles and then be able to turn around and do it complete turf run upside down against the Boston Red Sox in Boston. That is an accomplishment among many other things that would be always seen as a great feat. And then we get to now go to Cleveland where we get to take on the Guardians who, guys, the Guardians are looking a little beat up at the moment. Um, did, my question is, is, did Jose Ramirez make it into the lineup? Yes, he did. Who also got to dish out a beating over the weekend if anybody was paying attention to Major League Baseball. Tim Anderson got knocked out. Knocked out. <laughs> wow. I just think it's hilarious that that whole thing happened because I really, I saw that there was obviously a little more contact there, but I could have went either way with who caused it. Ramirez overslid the base. Did Tim Anderson tag him hard? Yes, he did. But don't slide 50 feet over the base and we won't have a problem here. I agree. <laughs> you know, so... <clears throat> Well, but the Dave, fact that Dave he is... literally went like Mike Tyson's punch out like three seconds after the thing, I was like, all right. Well, I mean, it was it's it on was at like, that point. It's funny because I was watching the highlight with my kids right after it happened, basically. And my one son, Jet, said, that wasn't even a very good punch. Like, it's funny I've when you've got him. hockey kids, you know, like, like, and he's like, why did Tim Anderson square up like, like this, like, like an old school boxer, like with a, a big mustache, like you. You scallywag, like so like the so Mike Tyson or not Mike Tyson, Indiana Jones fighting that giant guy in Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> so Davis Strider struck out, so he should be Dope. cut and sent back down. <laughs> Cinderella stories. critic, over. Jason. Jeez. <laughs> I guarantee you, right now, somebody put that on that that Jay's Twitter thing. Oh, is that's what that's that because Jay's toxic. Twitter thing is the most toxic thing. I if I was a Jay's player and it, I just came by on my feet, I'd be like, oh god, oh god, what? It's, it's, it's horrifying. <laughs> but it's very polarizing. And well, it's that, you can't even say that now because it lives up to the name now of X because you know Elon Musk can't get a name. Well, he's right. got a different run out, out in the field though. He's not he's not using old Buki out in the field. Really? He's got an outfield glove, is all I heard, and that's the infield glove. Oh. So my question is, where did the outfield glove come from? Yeah, that'd be an interesting. <laughs> all right, guys, what, can you walk me through that. So, what's the main difference? Is it the the small the infield gloves are a little bit smaller? The Easier to get the ball out of. Yeah. yeah. So an outfielder's glove is normally uh, it'd be tough to be an eleven seventy five. So you'd be a twelve inch glove in most cases. Some guys are twelve and a quarter. I always uh, carried a thirteen. Yeah, and some guys carry a thirteen. Uh, and, and that was before I started using that same glove for softball at every position. Yeah. <laughs> both, both my kids uh, play infield. Uh, both of their infield gloves are uh, 11 and a quarters. And uh, Jets outfield glove is an 1175. And that's what the guys in the majors are used to. Like no different yeah. from a 13-year-old. Same size. Okay. So just bigger and longer. And is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> and the pocket... The po- it's a different break-in. It's a long break-in so that it's got, and it's usually got a big basket pocket, whereas yep. an infielder's glove has a much smaller pocket and a little bit more uh, condensed, like it's more like your hand, where an outfielder's right. glove is a little bit more like, you know, fold, folding a newspaper on something. 
Um, yeah. And the biggest thing on that Ken, is the fact in the outfield, if you're, you're not trying to hurry up and get the ball out of your hand, the, the goal's catching the ball. So if you have a little bit more leather to catch it with, where in the infield, you want to hurry up and get that ball and get rid of it as quick as you humanly can. Right. So there's the catch, right? If you less right. hard to get caught into on an infield glove. Ryu's only th- throw 27 into the third, which is pretty darn good against, especially I, against it, Cleveland. It's like you have freaking ESP with where I'm going with a freaking conversation, Jason. I don't know how the hell you're going to do this. But I would, as, as we were recapping the week a little bit, I wanted to talk about Ryu because his first start was against the Baltimore Orioles and he held them to four runs. And it was really that last inning that got him a little. Yep. He looked really good. I, I, I complained. And I'm only getting more curious because Manoa didn't have a bad start the other day, too. I was going to say, what Manoa. in the hell is going to go on with this rotation? As I can't, I I'm not taking Kikuchi out. He's been on fire. I feel I, it's like down somebody's, to Manoa and Ryu, I think. Yeah. Somebody's going to make their way into sort of middle relief, I feel like. Um, and they're just going to have to live with it. I mean, they did it to Kikuchi last year, and um, he seemed to thrive in it a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously, Chris Bassett's not going there. Gosman's not going there. I mean, I don't know if you want. I mean, you know, of all it's of those choices, Manoa or Ryu, Ryu, I think. I think Manoa's the right choice. If you're going to put somebody in where he can still feel important, he can still feel like, you know, if the starter, um, you know, has a rough out- outing at the start and you have to bring Manoa in in the second inning or third inning, I feel like he could still do what he wants to do and, and throw you a lot of pitches, but it's going to get, it's going to get tough. Like I'm just watching him here now. And he is just, I mean, he's just mowing through the Indians. Yeah. Um, Guardians. Oh, to that point, Indians. Sorry. Sorry. The guardians. Sorry. The guardians. Um, but at that point, I, I also feel like, you know, Rio's got left everything in the tank, you know, where Manoa has been fighting everything all season. Right. So, I, I'm in the ballpark of leaning on the veteran right now. Don't break Manoa. Bring Manoa in when you need to, or especially at this point, too. He's going to get a couple of other spot starts. This schedule is a freaking atrocious for the rest of the season. It's awful. <laughs> so, you know, okay, great. This week you're in the bullpen. Next week you're our sixth, sixth starter. I, really I actually heard them talking around. talking quite a bit about the possibility. And, I mean, everyone poo-poo's a seven-man rotation. But, I mean, what's the worst that happens? You get an extra day of rest. Um, yeah, you're able to you're able to to keep a guy out for a couple of days extra if his arms bugging him or his legs bugging him or his back's bugging him. Like, well, I I, I know that you want rotations your carrying through till next week. They're, they're yeah. they've already mentioned that they said basically until the until they get a day off finally, which is until next week on this day the 14th. So they have another seven games in a row here for the next you know seven days. So keep going with it. Figure it out. Is there a limit, guys? You said some some people are talking about a seven-man rotation. Is there actually an actual official rule that, you know, seven? No, you just wouldn't want any more. Ten-man rotation, even if you wanted to? You wouldn't want it. Your your aces would never get the ball. Yeah, right. right? So I was kind of curious, right? Like, Like you're you're not getting paid 32 mil, you know, to be Max Scherzer and touch the ball once every two months. You know, <laughs> you want it and, and you want to prove to people. And that's what these guys are. I mean, a lot of people when they're watching Major League Baseball and, and you know, they don't see these guys as alphas. But I mean, I guarantee you, if you sat down with any pitcher who's worth his salt, you'd be like, holy crap, this guy's confident. Like 
watch even when you see somebody like Chris Brass, Chris Bassett, it's super humble. You don't want to mess with him. He's on the mound. It's a night and day no. thing, right? And I'll bet you, I'll bet <laughs> you take put in the right situation. Like if you went out for a stake and you were sitting here and you were like, "Hey, hey, Gosman, you're a phenomenal pitcher." He'd be like, "Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm really pretty good. I'm really pretty good. Like, I, I, I may not say it a lot, but yeah, I'm pretty darn good." So it's and I mean, not wrong with that. No. Did, did you got to have a little bit of the, the talk to walk, right? It's not yeah. just <laughs> quiet, show confidence. Up, quiet confidence. I, I think over the next weeks, what I'm thinking they're going to do is they're going to keep the normal three Gosman, um, Gosman, Barrios, and Bassett on normal rest. Maybe Kikuchi's part of that too. So there's every fifth, sixth day they go. That other spot might be open in flux to whoever gets mm-hmm. the hand that day. So you may even see, and this is something that, that I was reading is you even may, might see the Jays where, um, you know, like the Red Sox had a bullpen day and, um, you, what you may see is the, the no bullpen day. You may see a murderer's row day where they haven't been no. able to get Manoa in, or they haven't been able to get this guy in. And so you're starting out with two innings of Manoa followed by two innings of Ryu followed by two innings of Kikuchi. <laughs> and they're like, just to give them rats oh, or give them work. Yeah, yeah. no, you're not so, wrong. Um, that makes plenty of sense, actually. Uh, the the Guardians leading the league in mailers uh, just uh, in through another. No, they have both. They have all three. Yeah. They've drafted all three. Yeah, they do. And two are playing. Oh, Bo and funny. Joe. Bo and Joe Naylor. <laughs> so, good stuff. So, Looking at the schedule, boys, after we get through the Cleveland Guardians this week, we get to actually finally head home after a very extensive road trip. One of those mm-hmm. days coming up in the next few weeks is actually the or, uh, Jose Bautista level of excellence night. So I'm looking rather forward to seeing King Bautista return back to Toronto for a little bit of a celebration. And honestly, guys, I was wondering how much that might even be a little bit of a catalyst for a weekend with a very resurgent, well-playing Chicago Cubs team now, what, over the last few what weeks. What do you guys think about this? And I've, I've often thought about this. So I, I, I see home run hitters and guys like that throw out the first pitch. Wouldn't it be more interesting to have them hit the ball? I was going to ask. I was going to say that. Like, Nogrel home him, run. Do some batting like, practice like, and then flip them back. Duck and let him smash the crud out of it. Like, <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know if Jose can still get one out of the yard, but I'm sure he can. And right down so, Main Street. Come on. Why not groove <laughs> him a 65 mile an hour fastball hey, and have him? This is a guy that was almost him. a major league relief pitcher four years ago. Remember? They don't even so, need really. They don't even need to show you to where that ball goes. Right? They don't Just even need do to this. show where it goes. Let him hit it. Bat flip it. Keep the camera on him. Crowd goes nuts. Everyone goes. Not go bat flip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah flip yeah, we're full yeah. of ideas. And then the rest here. of that what? series can be called bat flip gone wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are the Blue Jays not reaching out to us for ideas for marketing? We're really good at this. <laughs> yeah, I will just take a small cut of the gate. That's all you have here. to ask. That's what we'll take. Yeah, we did our own animation team just to make it happen, and we'll make we'll, we'll do it for them. There you go. So, but that's what's coming up for the Blue Jays' schedule, guys. As much as like I said, I'd love to fear the Cleveland Guardians. I don't right now, and the. I think split is the easiest thing on the planet for this series. I think we're going to come out on the right side of that, especially with the pitching we have coming over the next few days. But things happen. Like I said, I'm more actually afraid of the Chicago Cubs at the moment because they've been playing 
good, solid baseball. And they've actually had one of the best records since the beginning of July in baseball. Or I think it was best slugging percentage, I think that's what I was reading. They've been finding a way to get some offense. And if you haven't seen this weird video, is it Seiya Suzuki that plays for them? That's the J- the Japanese gentleman that they had that they got over the last few years. I don't know. I, I can't remember. So there's a video of one of the Chicago Cubs outfielders walking over and giving him a ball just because he was on the bench that day or whatever. He wanted to make him feel included that day or whatever it was, right? So he walks over, gives him the baseball, and then whoever was on the bench next to Sega Suzuki grabs the ball and steals it, and he's like, <laughs> the, the reaction in the face, and he gives him the ball back. He's, he looked like a pissed-off toddler, and he's like, <laughs> it's just really amusing. So, nothing at that point. I feel like they're playing good baseball. I feel like the Cubs are performing like everyone thought the Mets might. Um, you know what I mean? And it's interesting because it's a similar looking uniform, and you know, there's a number of things that I think are are you know similar about it. Um, but ironically, uh, they're playing the Mets, and the Mets are finally winning a game. Well, they're. Well, I mean, you can't lose them all, right? What what, <laughs> what 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 did they say in the movie The Crow? It can't rain all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, the Mets are going to win twelve before the end of the year. They're awful. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's the Chicago you know, Cubs are actually funny enough back in the race. That's how well they've been playing. So yeah. they are the technically the second best team in the National League Central right now, a game and a half behind the leading Milwaukee Brewers. And Jay's, Jay's fans, just so you know, my mother made her debut on my podcast running behind me. I've got them staying oh. in my house right now, which is lots of fun. But they're going to be at the Cincinnati Reds-Jays game in Cincinnati. Um, mm. So watch for them there in the crowd. Great American ballpark. wearing my, my Jays jersey. So wish we doing an on-field report. I could make it happen. There you go. <laughs> You know, let's go to the parents at Great yeah. American Ballpark. <laughs> Live to the Great American by. Ballpark. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Wow. So, sorry, guys. Give me a fun series, too, because that's two first place teams, basically. Yeah. Our two first place caliber teams. Yeah. So, so quick question. Wait, so, so, does that mean now that, now, like I said, I'm still forgetting this? So, the trade deadline is passed. So, we, is there, so we can still rent a player before the end of the season, right? No. That's nobody from another about. team. You still bring as many guys. You can bring as many guys up and send as many guys down as you want. You don't. They don't have to clear waivers or any of that garbo anymore, do they? No. So yes, all that like- stuff is still waivers. I think is for another couple of weeks. So if a team like flat out just drops somebody to waivers, the Blue Jays can quote unquote trade for that person still, but they have to go through waivers before you can trade for that person. So it's usually not any somebody anybody wants. It's not right. like good usually. It's usually, yeah. honestly, to this point, it would have been somebody in the Paul DeYoung level that might have been a, you might be able to thinking them through waivers and then, you know, okay, great, we'll trade you and get see if we can get you to a contender. Usually it's a throw-in guy. Like Yasiel Puig was trying to, like, come on, sign me a few years ago. And it's like, oh, you I haven't love played the Major League Baseball in two years. <laughs> love the Wild Horse. Yes, well, I just didn't um, know if Stroman was still, was still an option or anything like that. So unless they no. literally cut him. That's the only the way Cubs actually it. decided to keep him because they've been doing so well. Uh, yeah, so he is not. Ironically, he's not set to pitch against the Jays right now. Oh, so 
That's a little bit of a different one, but I'm sure he'll get a standing ovation from everybody on the bench. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but anyways, guys, that is the end of what I had on the on the agenda this evening. Is there anything either of you would like to add before we do picks to click? I, I don't have anything. Nothing, nothing, and nothing comes to mind. All right, so let's go to the board. Uh, the one that, right. you know, once looks a very, uh, how should I put this, uh, David Schneider-esque legend that's growing on Ken's part of the scoreboard yep. here. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to grow so. a mustache. <laughs> yeah, well, you mean like you wanted <laughs> so definitely no part, no part, um, no shortage of facial hair on this show. <laughs> Anyways, um, like I said, Kensley in the way here at the moment on the board, but we had, I had Vlad last week. Um, Jason, you had Brandon Belt. Danny Jansen was on Ken's, and then we had Varsho holding down the guest spot until we get a, ne- a guest next week. Hopefully, yeah. I got somebody lined up. I'm going to go on a limb and say, I think I win this week. I would think that might be actually an accurate statement because I can't think Vlad did anything to write home. And then Brandon Belt came up with a few of the big clutch hits over the Boston yeah. series. So and I'm going to circle Brandon Belt. A bunt single. Did you guys see that whole video? Yes, then, I saw the bunt single. And then he I liked his again. comment after. It's <laughs> the best, man. That guy is a, an absolute riot. Yep. Yeah. So on and that then, point, I'm putting a score on you, Mister. You have now four to Kenny. Gotten has eight right now to me having three. So you double that back over. Guest spot got two. So it's your pick, sir, Mister Lions. Wolf. I mean, do you Wolf. do you take? Do you take the hot hand and, and really like, I mean, I'm getting the first pick here. You know what? I, I'm, I'm not going to do it out of, uh, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to take Paul DeYoung. I think he's going to get, I think he's going to shake it off and start hitting the ball in this wolf. while Ryu just threw a disgusting curveball. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody shook some keys over there and I looked. Um, Scary. Yeah. Paul DeYoung. So- Paul Dion's locked in. Ken, your pick. I'm actually going to go. I'm not going to do what I normally do and pick whoever has a hot hand and pick Schneider. I'm actually going to pick Bijou because I think he might. I think I'm going to take what you guys are saying that since Bijou and Espinal seem to be almost like the odd people out because Schneider seems to be hitting a hot hand now that they're going to have to try to elevate their level of play. I'm thinking Bijou will probably feel like he'll have to step up to that good level. Good call, Ken. It's a good call. Greg, what do you got? Debating, <laughs> you got to do it, buddy. I think you got to. No, I'm not. I'm not jinxing him. You, you see what my lineup looks like every, <laughs> every week on here. Somebody sucks. No, just say no, Espinal I'm... then. Just pick Espinal. Say he'll come around. Yeah. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Chappie because he's been having a, the opposite of luck lately. So I'm hoping that I can. It's like the double negative thing, right? If he's already having bad luck and I cause bad luck, it means positive, right? There you go. So I'm gonna pick Matt Chapman and hope for the best. Oh, we'll see what happens, but to that point, the Blue Jays want to hopefully to keep looking forward to some good competition to maybe take advantage of over the next week. We'll see. So, all right. On that note, Blue Jays fans, thank you very much for joining us again here on another week of Jaybird Watching. Make sure you join us every week live on Mondays at 7 o'clock Eastern, and you can have your voice heard. I see you all in the window here on this chat. Join the chat. We're happy to hear you. And we'll make sure if you have something fun and comment to put on, we'll make sure we actually display it on here for everybody else to see and read. And if you miss us during our live shows, make sure you catch us wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of that. We're on any all of that. 
So make sure you join us and make sure you're here on the official Jaber or official podcast of jaysjournal.com, part of Fan Sided. And I think it's that time, boys. One, two, three. Let's go, Blue Jays. Rance Mullenix. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.